Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Schulman, and I'm the founding director of the Product Management Center here at the University of Washington. And we are celebrating our 100th episode of the How to Succeed in Product Management podcast. It is unbelievable that Red and Sumeya have given 100 hours at least of bringing you product management knowledge and access to some of the best product managers in the business. And we're joined today right now at the moment, we're joined by Felix Watson Jr., who is himself one of the best product managers in the business and somebody who has also just given an enormous amount of himself to the broader product management community. Felix, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, thank you so much for those kind words. Hey, everybody. My name is Felix. I am currently a product manager at Google and also the founder of the Product Management Mastermind, a community here on LinkedIn for product managers to get advice, share advice, and build relationships. I'm so, so honored to be celebrating this 100th episode with you all. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a great discussion. Been a PM for about five years across a lot of different types of roles, whether it be internal tools, platform, growth, enterprise SaaS. Um, So excited for the discussion today. Thanks for having me. All right. And so Felix and our other guest here, I'll introduce in a moment, they're going to talk about along with Simeo, what would they tell themselves back when they were starting product management in those first five years? What would they tell themselves that you wish you knew, that you wish you did differently, or that you're glad you did just keep going? So we're going to find out how to advance your career from people who have done a great job advancing their career. And one of them here is Shivi. Thank you so much for joining us. World famous. You've also given so much of yourself to the product management community. Glad you're here celebrating 100 episodes with us sharing your knowledge with this community. Tell us about your journey in product management, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, and hi, Felix, Rad, and Samir. Uh, thank, uh, thank you so much for having me. It's, yeah, I can't believe it's been a hundredth episode. I, I don't remember the, you know, a year and a half, or maybe almost two years ago I joined. And it was that the first, that's, that wasn't the first one, but it was one of the early like ones. Right. It feels like a really, really long journey. So, but thank you so much for having me uh, here. And uh, yeah, I think my journey started out, I consider myself actually a mid-career pivoter. Maybe a lot of folks here are like that too. So you can probably resonate with some of the challenges or learnings that I had as I was thinking about you know, pivoting into product. So I started uh, working out in consulting and financial services because I was in Hong Kong and back then there was no product management there or what was known as product management. So I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and consulting was a really good springboard to give me a lot of different experiences, you know, working uh, to help uh, different clientele in different industries, getting exposure to working on digital transformation projects. I've been always working at intersection of like business and tech and trying to see how we can use technology to improve whether it's business processes through you know like uh, using Salesforce to help customer better build build better uh, relationships and understanding their business and accounts to working on e-commerce and retail websites to understand how we can add the first wave of building e-commerce and then I came to the states you know on and off a few times but most recently and permanently back in 2014 to pursue my MBA at Kellogg or Northwestern I did a dual degree with the engineering school and business school and 
And then afterwards, still not clear on whether I wanted to join product management or not. You know, I had this imposter syndrome thinking that, well, I never had a technical degree, so maybe I won't be good or maybe I'm better, uh, you know, building strategic decks and PowerPoint slides, which I was really good. So I debated it quite a bit, went back to consulting and then realized I really, really enjoy, you know, the f- having a full ownership for an ID uh, pop problem ideation to like, you know, designing, doing research, uh, do, doing implement, implementation, and then all the way through, you know, measuring success and then continue to iterate on that experience. So about five and a half years ago, I uh, decided to pivot it from consulting into tech. That's when I joined LinkedIn. And even within LinkedIn, I think my journey went from building tools for uh, internal sales uh, reps to improve their productivity to uh, joining LinkedIn Learning, you know, looking across different experiences within LinkedIn Learning from being a platform PM to a discovery PM, AI and machine learning to like venture bets, uh, looking at zero to one product. And most recently, I leading uh, sort of the growth and platform initiative for LinkedIn talent solution. So being able to build tools to customize LinkedIn for audiences and segments that don't already use LinkedIn very often. So I sometimes call myself a uh, full stack PM that I have experience in different parts, B2B, B2C, different part of PM. And yeah, really honored to be here today. All right. Thanks for joining us. And then, Samay, I'm going to put you on the spot. We're talking about advancing your PM career. In case they haven't listened to the last 100 episodes of the How to Succeed in Product Management podcast, quickly tell us about, briefly, because we could spend the whole episode learning about your career. So briefly tell us about your career and then frame this conversation. What does it actually mean to advance your PM career? Like, What are certain milestones that most people try to achieve? And yeah, what do you think advance your PM career means before we dive into uh, Shivi and Felix and your opinions on how one can do that. So excited to be here for the 100th episode and hopefully we can do 100 more and continue to be helpful to people as long as, you know, that's happening. I think the outcomes we're looking for are the ones that drive the continued continued engagement and participation. So I'm excited about that. In terms of my background, so I, uh, I started technical, went into, you know, an analyst role uh, and then product management and have been in that world for the past 20 years. I've been at startups. I've led uh, the entire product management organization as a CPO and I've been at large companies. Now I'm at a large SaaS software company and have been there for the past three years so in terms of the conversation and, you know, the things that PMs look for in their careers, there are many different p- paths. There is not, not a single one. But I think most PMs are always looking for increased responsibility, for progression in their careers. And that can take different forms, whether it is, you know, them becoming leaders where other PMs report to them, an entire product portfolio is under their their purview, that can be one, or they can go the other route of becoming the GM, someone who's responsible for the entire profit and loss or PNL of a portfolio. And lastly, there is also the principal route where the product manager continues to be an IC or independent contributor, but they have more say and more 
authority around certain product management practices in the organization. Those are just three major themes I've seen a lot of PMs do or patterns that I've seen PMs do, but that's by no means the entire picture. All right. Thank you. That helps frame it. And now, Felix, turning to you, five years ago, you're out of UCLA's MBA, I believe, heading at Microsoft. I want to make sure that we all know that whatever you say here is just your own opinion and has nothing to do with Microsoft or anything, but just framing the, the moment. And you can now send a letter to that Felix from that just graduated with his MBA and is starting at Microsoft as a PM. What would you tell yourself? What's the first uh, one or two things you would tell yourself? Yeah, that's a great way to frame it because one of my thoughts on this is what it requires to advance your career continuously changes as you get further along. But definitely in the very beginning, one of the key things that I think a lot of people miss that I missed is you got to ask for it, right? You got to be clear about what you want. You have to be able to articulate it very clearly to your manager and you have to ask. So in my first role, you know, just for some context, I was an engineer for five years, got my MBA at UCLA, used that to pivot into, into product management at Microsoft. And I'm coming out of business school and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to be on the fast track. I'm going to get promoted every year. But I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't mention it to my manager. I just thought, you know, I'm going to show up. I'm going to keep my head down and work hard. And the promotion is just going to come. Two cycles passed and I didn't get it. And I'm like, what is going on? And eventually one of my mentors is like, well, what'd your manager say? And I'm like, well, they just kind of told me I wasn't ready. And they're like, wait, this was the first time you discussed it with them? And that's when I realized I messed up. So I think the very first thing is just know what it is you want. If you want to be promoted quickly, you know, you got to ask for it. If you want to have work-life balance and, and advancing your career is about finding the right function that you care a lot about, well, then say that, right? Work towards it. So I think the very first thing just to level set this conversation, I think, is like being able to clearly articulate what you want to the people who have the ability to help make it happen is one of the most powerful things you can do to advance your career. So that's what I would tell myself, you know, when I first started that role is like, hey, if your ambition is to get promoted within 12 months, tell somebody, right? Get their feedback, you know, try to establish a plan to actually make it happen. Don't just assume that your hard work and your grit is going to just make that thing happen without really aligning with other folks. So that, that's, that'd be my first piece of advice. All right. Thank you, Felix. Shivi gives a, the thumbs up. And now, Shivi, if I'm reading the resume correctly, we're going back seven years now, and you're a first product manager at Deloitte. You get a letter from you now. What does that letter say? What are you telling yourself to do back then? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things. First, definitely, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I think you know, when you have a conviction that you think product is the right career, you know, that's when I, I when I feel that it took me easier to transition into that career and like excel at that. So I think for those who are kind of like swaying between should I do PM or not, you know, just kind of made up your mind and like convict to it, find your conviction, find your why. I think that's number one advice. And number two, I definitely resonated with Felix of like asking and knowing, you know, how to ask. I think tangential to that is the ability to find like a sponsor or a mentor and sponsor at work who are willing to vouch for you. So really, you know, try to find people who you admire, who you wanted to emulate, who are, you know, really open to support you and help you grow as a person at work and also outside of work. I think having that circle and having that support system is really, really important. The last piece I would say that I I learned, uh, you know, over the years is that, you know, a lot of times 
I think when I was a consultant, I was a very good and an exceptional problem solver or order taker, meaning that I'm really good at executing. I, you give me a problem, I can put off fire like, right, like pretty quickly. And that's what I'm known for. And that was my superpower. But I think in order to advance as a great PM, you have to know, are you solving the right problem? So going back to like embracing first principle thinking of not just taking things at face value. And like, you know, when you're a junior PM, you tend to be given a problem space and then try to figure out how to execute. I think it's it's good to like, even at that face, kind of like ask yourself, hey, is this the right problem to solve? Is there a better, like before you ask, like, how do I solve this problem? It's like, is this the right problem to solve? Is this worth solving? Are there different lenses looking at the same problem? I think those kind of thinking and those line of questioning will help you advance your PM career. Thank you. And then Samea, if I'm reading this correctly, your first official product manager title was director at uh, Remedy Health. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And if not, then write that letter to yourself. What are you telling yourself at that point that based off of what you know now? Yeah, actually, that's correct. I did product management for a long time without knowing that what I was doing was product management. <laughs> and I think many people find that especially as they work within organizations that have fast growth and they end up with different roles. So before I went to Remedy Health Media, I was in a couple of other companies where I was promoted year after year and my responsibility scope of it changed. And basically I was doing product management with different uh, levels of both responsibility and authority and scope. And To me, now looking over time, over 20 years and giving advice to myself, I would say two things. Number one, continue not really worrying about title and other things that don't really contribute to your happiness. And that's, by the way, based on my personality, because I know things like title can matter to other people and that's okay. But I'm writing the letter for myself. So that's one. Two, the moment of challenge are the moments you're going to learn the most from. So have a positive mindset towards them. There is a lot of angst. I remember early in my career, in the early days, because I didn't know a lot of things. But those were also the the periods of time where I learned the most. Um, And there were people in my life who told me to enjoy that, but I didn't really take their advice seriously. That's the only other thing I could have done better is to have that positive mindset around those challenging points, the points when a product launch didn't go as well as it should have. Yes, I learned a ton from that for next time. But then I also learned over time that my scope of control is limited regardless. Even as a CPO, my scope of control was limited. As a founder, my scope of control was limited. So understanding where to draw that line and what do I have control over and what can I do and where what do I not have control over and how can I minimize the negative impact or the risk that can come up from those angles is something I had to learn over time and I should have told myself not to worry about it too much. Wow. Sumeya, I have to jump in here and say it's bittersweet to hear you provide this perspective. I've worked with you for over a year, years now. And, you know, I, I have to give credit to where credit is due. <laughs> You're laughing. I can never be serious. With you. It's crazy. But there, there's a special shout out due because I don't think everyone in this room who's listening right now and anyone who's going to be listening to this 
100th podcast have the perspective of knowing that we would not be here with Sumeya and getting this advice if it wasn't initially for Andrew. And Andrew, you were not expecting me to say your name, but I see your face on stage. I'm in Vegas, man. I'm pretty much miles from your house, probably. And I want to give you some serious love. Uh, we started on Clubhouse with you. You introduced us to Samea. And I think it's only fitting and fair. If we're going to hear Samea's opinion, uh, it's now your turn, my friend. If you could maybe tell you, your younger self something besides don't meet red and share whiskey, what else would it be as it relates to maybe product? So, Andrew, if you kindly want to refuse this, it's okay, but might as well try well, 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 first of all, thank you, Red, and never that. That's exactly what you should do. So if you write a letter to yourself, please go meet up Red in Las Vegas. If you're around the area, have a drink with him, even virtually. He is one of the most fantastic people, energetic, in your corner, always type of people that you would want to have. And speaking of which, uh, I'm just honored and humbled again to share the stage with people that I just follow now. I, I used to hang with you guys on stage, but over the past years or so, I've been an absolute fanboy of everybody on this stage. So uh, thank you for having me back. In terms of advice, because I want to share the mic back to uh, the finer folks on stage, Uh, in terms of advice that I'd send myself, it's a combination of what Felix mentioned uh, a bit earlier, uh, being able to articulate where you want to go. And I think this, this product nirvana, this revelation that you'll have within your career, uh, how do you get to that level of self-awareness where you get to understand, oh, well, all these principles, all this practice that I've learned and accumulated over the years, who knows, maybe shorter if uh, you've accelerated yourself in that period of time, how can you apply it to yourself in all things? Not just the workplace, but how do you do it for yourself? How do you do it for your friends, your family, for your kids, etc.? And I think that creates a a new level of self-awareness and ability to articulate where you want to go. How do you want to grow and how do you want to grow others? And I think that's a a massive part of it. So for me, I see product in everything. In a sense, I look at my kids, I'm thinking, oh, I got four products. How do I nurture and grow this alongside with them? So I think that that's really it. Like, How do you go about doing that, not just in the workplace, but everywhere you go and uh, treat everybody like your customer? Stay customer-centric as a product person. That's practice, right? Well, thank you. That's that's it for now, but thank you very much for having me on stage, y'all. Congratulations on 100. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. You know what? What happens when you got to change the roadmap with your kids? That's the real question. What what does that look like? Oh, yeah. Pivots happen a lot, especially with kids, right? (laughs) Best analogy. Best analogy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I still apply the Amazon uh, methodology around two-way doors. So there's a lot of things that we're going to try. And I think the thing with life, the thing with people, the things uh, with kids, and if you work in something that is more life critical, uh, whether in a hospital or certain areas of defense, et cetera, you can't always get like 90% two-way doors where where you could in maybe consumer-facing companies where life isn't on the line. So here, uh, your choices, you, you do have to have a bit of a hybrid approach between, say, waterfall and agile, but a lot of principles still apply. So what? Oh, I, I, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love your answering this, but I'm almost thinking to myself, like, if there was ever to create controversy on this show, Jeff, this <laughs> might be it. It's oh what framework would Sumeya say is the best for raising a child and then everyone else agree or disagree. Although we all know what happens with product managers. You're all going to say the following. That's a good point. <laughs> I can see your side. I can totally agree with that. You're killing but. us, Red. You're killing us. 
right, Andrew. Andrew, I got to say, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Feel free. We'd love to have you hang on stage if you want to chime in on on other things here. And I love the two-way door analogy. And yeah, just love everything you're dishing up here. And I want to get to my next question. And uh, hopefully, Andrew, you might be willing to chime in on this as well. Uh, But first, Shivey, you you run LinkedIn Learning for the product managers. You do a great series. And I'm curious if you can go back to yourself as you're starting your career. What do you wish you took the time to invest in learning? Or what did you invest in learning that you're glad you did? So you could choose either one. What you wish you would have invested and took the time to learn, tools, frameworks, processes, whatever it is, or what are you glad that you did learn early on? I can start with what I, uh, I'm i glad that I did learn, and then I can supplement with what I wish I learned. So first, I think what I was proud, as you alluded to, of like having the show and running it, uh, the, the intent of why I started uh, building a presence or sharing my voice on LinkedIn was because two years ago, um, our company had a strategy of like, you know, we want to elevate creators or knowledge, uh, you know, shares voice on the platform. So I wanted to dock food the product that gives me, you know, better sense of empathy, learning about the different hacks, be- being staying ahead of like how the product works. This helped me understand not just like within the tiny universe of LinkedIn, and learning, but also across LinkedIn, the different hooks and, you know, how do you post on fee and how do you like the challenges around posting, like it helped me empathize with different kind of users a lot more. I think that later on creates a lot more opportunities for me to both internally and externally of tapping into, you know, just different roles and, and working a different capacity. I think something that I wish I learned earlier are two things. One, you know, the ability to uh, tell a really good story or effective communication and across all levels, right? A lot of times, I think two learnings that come to mind, you know, um, one is we tend to focus a lot on the substance of how we talk or how we speak. But um, through one interview with Sachin uh, Rakin, who's also another product leader, he mentioned about you know, a lot of times people only paying maybe 40 to 60% of the substance of what you talk, but the style of how you communicate, especially how you are able to flex that style based on the audience that I, you spoke to. Like, is it an executive? Is it an engineer? Is it an Ange Lee? You know, or other, you know, a salesperson or a customer, how you are able to flexing that muscle to communicate differently, you know, and tell a great story that resonates with people. I think that's a really important skill. The other thing I would say, our ability to kind of like translate a lot of the user insight into a coherent strategy and be able to rally the team around it. I think that's something that I'm still, like, you know, kind of working on as well. So those are kind of the things that I, I wish I learned as well as things that I'm proud that I, I did. Excellent. Thank you for uh, sharing both. And then Felix, what skills or what do you wish you in, took the time to invest in learning or what are you proud that you did learn that helped you in your career, advancing your career? Absolutely. I'll take a page from Shvi and share that. I'm definitely proud that I invested in community building pretty early on, right? It started off pretty small with just connecting with other PMs at the company I was at. And I think I'm so proud that I did that because that was a huge unlock for me as far as growth. What I would say that I wish I actually invested in sooner would actually just be my own personal like time management and prioritization. 
I think a little bit later in my career, I you know looked at books like Atomic Habits or Getting Things Done. And these books were like huge unlocks to me. And I think in the product management career where you're always being asked to prioritize projects and or your time, you just can't learn that stuff soon enough. And so, you know, I, I wish I would have done that even sooner than I did because there's never enough time to get everything done as a PM. And, um, you know, just having a hold on how you personally get things done, the best way to work, the best times for you to work, you know, how you allocate your time and really being confident in that, it would have really helped me avoid a lot of stress that I felt, I think, early on as a PM, where now, you know, in this sort of more senior role, I'm a lot more comfortable just knowing what the most important things are, knowing how to allocate my time towards them and knowing when it's okay to just let some of the fires burn. So I think that's really key to advancing your PM career. All right. I love it. So I want to see if Sumeya and Andrew, whoever's first off mute, one thing you wish you would have taken the time to invest in learning a skill or a a mindset uh, or something that you are uh, proud that you invested that, that paid off. Whoever wants to come off first and answer that one. That doesn't work, right? Product managers are so polite. So neither of you is going to come off you. You're going to wait for the other. Andrew, what do you wish you learned or what are you proud you did? All right, great. Sumaya, you got me. I would say hedging. So that's come up quite a bit in some prior chats that we've had. Risk mitigation is probably the more popular term that product people would refer to. But uh, for me, it's just thinking in bets and when I think in bets, I think of the word hedging. So that also relates to the two-way doors that we talked about earlier. In the beginning, uh, my earlier self is pretty much all in, right? all or nothing. I think over time, especially as I entered within product, mentality, being able to understand how to break things out, prioritize, and also understand and lay out the risks, prioritize them, and then mitigate them, and understand them to be hedges, that helped me in everything. The way that I spent my time, the way that I invest, uh, the way that I pick and invest in, in not, not just say, software companies, but actually in, in people, in teams, organizations, in the projects that we um, go out zero to one or scale up. Having a good hedge, it's, it's one side, yeah, you can have the burn the boat mentality, and that's uh, going to do wonders on certain occasions, but I find often more than not, uh, thinking in bets and thinking in probabilities. Uh, the one key word that goes to my mind that I wish I learned sooner was hedging and how to hedge well. Thank you, Andrew. Now, Samaya, you can't hide it. What would you tell your young... Uh, not what we... <laughs> I just went back in time, literally. What would you wish you learned? Oh, man. I have two. And the one that I, you know, come, has been an issue for me since day one, and I still have not fixed it, is how to do better at keeping in touch with people that I have, you know, met throughout my career. And the reason why this is a sticking point for me is because people you care about don't know you care about them if you are not communicating to them. And so I've mentored people throughout my career. I've had mentors. And I just one thing that I do tell myself I need to work on, but then, you know, deprioritize is keeping in touch with people, checking in on them, keeping the relationship going. So that's one. And obviously, you you know, I, I tell myself all the things that all PMs tell themselves. If it was important enough, you would have prioritized it. If it was important enough, you would have done it. 
but I, I, it's there. It's going to happen. And then the, the last one I want to uh, bring up for me. So I, I think in, my, in our world of technology, there are a lot of uh, new things that come up all the time. Web3 was it for me three years ago. You know, there are always new, new technologies, new advancements, new things that become more commercially available in terms of uh, technical capabilities. Those are the things I care about the most. I know there are different people who care about strategy, care about other aspects of product management, but because of my technical background, I think, or just I have an affinity towards that. And early in my career, I tried to not give in to it. You know, I, I wanted to do better at speaking. I wanted to do better at written communications. But I think as I've grown in my career, I've started leaning more into that and to exploit that interest and do more with it. So that's something, you know, I'm continuing to do. And I like that I accepted that part of myself ultimately. All right. Thank you, Samea. We are moments away from audience questions, at which point Red is going to take over the microphone live from Vegas. And you could ask your questions of our panelists here on stage. So uh, if you could DM him questions, if you'd like to have them read by him, or you could raise your hand and we'll get you up on stage in a moment. So again, click on that button, raise your hand, uh, or DM red. Uh, but first, my question for all the panelists, can you think of one mistake that you made that was pretty profound? Again, keeping, make it personal, not don't give away company secrets or anything, but any mistake that you made early in your PM career that you would go back and say, don't do that. I know you're proud of it because you learned because product managers are always learning. But if you could change it and, and avoid learning it the hard way, any mistakes that you'd share? We'll start with Felix. Yeah, so many. One thing I would say is never assume that everybody around you has it all put together. I think as a new PM, especially coming into a larger company, there's sort of this assumption that like, oh man, they're, like everybody's kind of got this on lock. The processes are in place. Like if I'm being asked to do something, it must be important enough, you know, for me to do it. But I unfortunately have learned more than once that, you know, it's always, always, always important to ask those questions. I think uh, Shavi mentioned earlier the importance of making sure you're solving the right problem. You know, one of the first projects I worked on you know, I was I was asked to solve a problem and it, it wasn't even that the problem wasn't the right problem to solve, but the way we were going about solving it or the way I was asked to go about solving it actually wasn't really what was best for the customer. And I think I just didn't take enough time to really question the path that the team was already going on. You know, I'd kind of come in and it's pretty typical as a PM. A lot of times as an early PM, you're not just given a problem. You're almost given a little bit of the solution kind of suggested and you're kind of asked to essentially execute. But I wish I would have just spent a little more time questioning and challenging, you know, the proposal that was put in front of me. And in the end, essentially what happened is we launched a feature and it didn't get much usage, right? And it turns out as I was getting customer feedback, we actually could have built something much simpler that would have been way cheaper to build. It would have gotten to market much faster and it would have met the customer needs much better than, than what we ultimately shipped. But I was just so convinced that like, oh, you know, the team is already halfway down this road. Let me just make sure we get it across the finish line. Um, and that ended up being a bit of a mistake. So now, you know, even if I come into a project midway, I still try to go back to first principles and really make sure 
okay, we, we are really clear on the problem we're solving here. We're really clear and we've validated, you know, different ways to solve that problem and that this way is going to work and is going to be, you know, successful and adopted and effective. So that's one, uh, one thing that I learned uh, that I think, I wish I didn't have to learn that the hard way. All right. Thank you, Felix. Mistakes that you wish, or with hindsight, you would tell yourself not to make. Shivy, any mistakes that you made, again, without giving company secrets away, but mistakes that you could have avoided and you could help others here avoid today? I think it's the idea, I, I think with the right turn, probably it's called curse of knowledge. Like um, as a product manager, when you're working at a space, you know it in and out. Like, you know, what problems you're solving or who are you solving it for? And then like, sometimes I would, I remember early in my PM career, I would socialize a strategy once and then assume that people will remember it. And then the next time when you start another conversation, you just kind of dive right in. But a lot of times, you know, people are not going to remember what you said, or they might remember it differently. So it's always, always, always important to repeat, repeat, repeat yourself and have different talk tracks of similar things, but at different, depending on the audience you speak to, right? Like the engineers who like focus on, you know, the code and like the implementation details, the designers. But when you talk to VPs or other stakeholders, you need to always remind them, hey, why are we here? Who are we solving it for? And why is this problem important? You need to have basically a three-minute version, a 30-second version, and just kind of remind people until everybody understands. And then sometimes you can like sort of implicitly quiz them and like, you know, like you sort of like, hey, do you mind repeating back or have someone present your, you know, your strategy to their team. And then through those moments, you can kind of like check in if they like truly align with you on the at the same on the same page. So never assume, you know, people people remembers your strategy or understands the to the same level as you in many of the problem areas that you're solving. All right. Very helpful. And then new to the stage or late to the stage, but better late than never. And so grateful to have Diego. Diego, we are just real quick sharing a mistake that we wish we could have avoided, a mistake we made that we wish we could have avoided that we now know we could tell our younger selves to avoid it. Do you want to quickly tell us about yourself? And then do you want to chime in on that question or anything else that you would tell your younger version of yourself? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everyone. And I hope you can hear me okay. So my name is Diego. I'm currently a senior PM in AI machine learning PayPal for consumer personalization. Before this, I was at LinkedIn for a little bit over a year. And before that, at Microsoft working on AI as well. So something that I wish I could tell my, my younger version of a product manager is, and I think uh, this may echo a little bit of what Shivi was talking about is, I think when I started as a PM, you know, there was a lot of focus on execution, right? And making sure that, hey, we've got a project, we've got a plan, we've got a product, there's a PRD, customer requests, all that stuff, and let's go and execute and make sure that everybody's unblocked so that we can deliver, you know, on time and make customers happy and see everything grow. But I think the one thing that I did not invest enough, and I don't think, you know, especially as you're starting your career in PM or, or as you are early in career in product management, I think we don't, and I didn't, we don't invest enough time into practicing our strategy and vision muscle. And then one day you become a senior product manager and you're expected to do a whole strategy and vision. And Shivi, I just caught the last few seconds of what you were saying, but it's right. It's, it's not just you know creating a document or borrowing a template and filling it out, but is you have to go and talk to people, make sure they understand it. There's a buy-in that you 
often and frequently repeat to them what's the strategy and it is a muscle that i don't think we exercise enough as as uh, in our early in career pm and it's not about you should be a pm and immediately drive a strategy but it's started practicing on it so i think that's one uh, i would say a mistake in my career if i could go back and do something differently is as soon as i become a pm start growing on the execution side but then also start learning quickly on um, how to be good at strategy i think that's something that at least personally i feel that i could have used a lot <laughs> All right. So great to have you here, Diego. Sorry to put you on the spot right away about that, but uh, so good to have you here. And now it's perfect because we have 18 minutes for audience questions, and I get to just sit back and learn from such an amazing group of people. We've got Felix, uh, Shivi, Sumeya, Andrew, and Diego, all of which can answer your question, and Red is going to moderate this moment in time for the hundredth time here on How to Succeed in Product Management. Red, are you Red E? Uh, that never grows old. <laughs> never. <laughs> you know, I tried like flying further from Seattle just to avoid the joke. I'm going to have to go further next time. All right. So here's how it works, folks. If you're new to the show uh, or if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, ooh, I want to join live next time on LinkedIn. We give you the opportunity to raise your hand, uh, digitally at least, to join our digital stage and ask questions to the product managers. If you're aspiring and want to get on the radar, this is the way to open that door. We talk about networking on almost every single show as one of the biggest ways and one of the biggest regrets for people who early on spent too much time heads down and forgetting that it takes people, not just product. Wow, that sounded good. Okay, so besides aggrandizing myself, I want to focus on questions from the audience. If you do not want to get on stage and you're shy, uh, then please DM me on LinkedIn or find another way to get a hold of me. You can text me if you have my number and I will ask your question in an anonymous way. So with that in mind, thank you, everybody, uh, for jumping on stage. We're going to start going around the room. Only ask is no self-promotions. So if you have uh, something to offer everyone in this room, well, tell us privately. But if you have a question for the product managers on this stage, let's honor their career, honor their time, honor the product manager as a whole. Let's rock and roll. So with that in mind, I first want to thank, and again, I apologize if I say names incorrectly, Satyajit Kumar, you had your hand raised for so long that I am beyond excited to hear your question. So unmute yourself. The stage is yours, my friend. Perfectly fine. You pronounced my uh, name perfectly right. Uh, to all the, uh, I have a unique uh, question here. I don't know how many of you might have uh, been in a similar situation, but I definitely know that you would have met people who would have been in the situation. So I'm a career strategist. And what happens is there are a lot of people uh, in the product uh, space who have landed in Canada. They're immigrants. They have experience in US. They have experience in Asia or Europe. Uh, how do they leverage that experience to transferable skills in uh, specific to Canada? Uh, that is my question to all of you. If you have had similar kind of situation in US where people from uh, other countries have come in and you have helped it, uh, helped them, uh, I would say find their first career in uh, US. Uh, please share your thoughts. Now, this is the hard part with so many amazing minds on stage that can potentially weigh in. How do we find the one with the most experience? So unmute yourself if you believe you have experience in this area. Otherwise, I will call on you where you can apply at least your knowledge to this area. Uh, Sumeya. Yeah, I, I have a quick answer just based on something I saw happen recently. So for companies with locations in both countries, uh, that tends to be an easier transfer. So we have product managers in Toronto, for example, or at least one who was able to move to the U.S. 
just by requesting a transfer and talking to different managers about it. I know it sounds so simple, but that's all I could see from the outside of it. But happy to, if we exchange messages, I can um, make an introduction and you can ask them more details. Uh, my question specifically was for product. How do you, uh, what tips do you give product managers who are trying to find a foot in a new country where they already have experience uh, in wherever they work, but they're finding it difficult to launch their career in a new country? I will say this much. I don't know, based on the stage, if there's anyone that jumps out as having a, a great answer for this one. So I might table this, if that's okay, and follow up with you, Sajid. Um, but I do want to make sure that we have a lot of room for questions. If somebody, on the other hand, in the back of their mind says, later on, we'll answer a question. Ooh, I know the answer to this. We'll come back. Okay, moving on to the next amazing person who come on stage. Again, apologies if I say the last name or first name incorrectly, but uh, Shruti, the stage is yours. You're a product manager for B2B, so that's a different perspective than a lot of the B2C product managers. Where can we help? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Red, and thank you everyone here for conducting this wonderful session. So um, Digo mentioned a wonderful, great point, um, mentioning about starting to work on strategy while we are on job, uh, you know, way, be way before we get into the senior roles as such. But let's say the strategy comes in for us from the uh, leadership, you know, from the product leadership. And uh, we are expected to basically work on creating requirements and roadmaps. How can we kind of leverage and exercise, you know, to start working on strategy in, you know, practical use case like this? Now the fun parts. I'm going to start picking on, not picking in a negative way, but literally pointing at the stage and going, we have amazing minds. Uh, Felix, let's start with you. Do you have a place that you can help out here? And if not, you can always pass the baton to the next person on stage. Yeah. So if I understand correctly, the question is around how do you get that experience uh, working on strategy? Yeah. Honestly, you know, you just kind of got to go for it. Right. I think mm -hmm. one of the best things you can do as a PM is one, you can start to ask around, right? Invest in, in those networks around you, like we talked about earlier, and just see like, what are some great examples of strategy papers, vision papers that, you know, maybe your manager has seen or some of your peers have seen, or if you have a mentor already that, that they've seen. So you, you can first find those examples of really good strategy and vision work. But then the other thing you want to do is use that as a format and just give it a shot at, at writing one yourself, right? You know, if you think there's an area that your team could be doing better in, or even if you have like a very small feature where you weren't asked to do any sort of strategic thinking or visioning, just take a stab at it yourself, right? Um, based on one of those examples and share it with three people, right? Share it with three people that have read or reviewed strategy papers in the past and get their feedback. That's one way that, one, you show initiative, you show that you're hungry and you're interested in growing in this area. And two, you're not starting, you're not staring at a blank screen, right? You're starting by finding folks who've done it well. Another angle you can take at this is actually just ask around, ask your manager who's really good at strategy and vision, right? Get a coffee with them, right? Set, set up a, a quick chat with them to learn more about how they approach it and then use some of those insights to stay, take a stab at it yourself. So that would be my best advice. You know, everything as a PM ultimately boils down to a broader vision and a broader strategy. So it's just your job to sort of start to put those pieces together and see where you can flex that muscle on your own and then use feedback to get mm -hmm. better at it over time. All right. Uh, next up is on stage, Monisha. Certified safe. Oh boy. I, I remember the episode where we talked about safe and all the, you know, that could have been the most controversial episode, Jeffrey, I might add about frameworks, but 
Don't worry. This is a safe place here, Manisha. What's your question? How can we help? Thank you very much. And uh, well, I think uh, my passion towards product management drove me to earn a few certifications. And I really felt uh, the SAFE, the OPM was, uh, you know, quite a start for me, which drives me to the question that I have in mind. So I have a bachelor's in commerce and uh, I'm based out of India. And I'm really passionate about building products and bringing solutions to the right problems. And although I haven't worked in an exact product role, uh, in whatever role I am uh, currently working and also right from the start of my career, that's been five years. I've always strived to bring in some sort of solutions to, uh, you know, the the day-to-day problems that we have been facing and, you know, so that the users are really being, um, uh, finding a purpose in in the solution. So I wanted to understand, um, you know, two things. One, um, I'm a little, you know, confused about how I can really drive this passion because um, it's, it's really hard in, you know, the market right now because I'm trying to switch my career from a banking uh, profession to the product role uh, while also being aware of the fintechs uh, that's really emerging in the market. And two, um, I see a lot of, you know, MBAs being, uh, you know, the most important uh, quality that is required. So uh, how would any of you suggest I drive my passion towards and uh, channelize it in the right way? Thank you very much. Of course. And of course, and I, I will say this relates so well to our topic today about how to advance your PM career, not so much getting into it, but advancing it. And I, I think for everyone out there looking for help with both getting in and advancing, which, which is today's topic, uh, uh, Shivi, would love for you to weigh in on this one. I am just going round robin. I'm not picking on anyone. But if you look at the screen, you're just the next up. And I think an appropriate person to help answer this. Again, if you want to pass it on to next, baton is yours to pass. Yeah, sure. I, I think um, just very quickly on the um, MBA piece, like do you need an MBA to get in or advance as a PM? I think it's really just a nice to have because MBA creates that structure. I realize all three of us had an MBA, but it creates that structure and that opportunity for you to like gain the right experience, right? To be able to open doors to potentially, you know, interviewer companies, but I don't think it's a it's a necessity, right? Like it's um it's a nice to have when it comes to advancing. I think a lot of it it depends on where your starting point is and how you can you know advance from there. So what I mean by that is, so for example, your background is in banking, then maybe going to a banking related PM role will be a good next step, and then growing from there, potentially considering doubling down on having domain expertise in a particular area versus branching out and let's say join the fan company and be a consumer PM. So I think when it comes to advancing PM career, there's a lot of different trajectories depending on a lot of times it's personal goals too, right? Like uh, do you want to specialize in a particular domain such that you can maybe grow faster and get promoted sooner by doubling down in a, in a domain or do you treat career more as a map where you like to explore different skill set and different problem space than maybe a more horizontal or lateral movement, though not necessarily in the traditional sense of advancing, but it's a form of advancing as well because you're learning new skills and you know building 
new relationship, being exposed to new problems. We haven't really talked about AI in particular with the you know current popularity of generative AI and a lot of this space. I think when I think about career advancement in the future, I think a lot about how can you learn a skill really fast and stay relevant. Especially, you know, AI is going to come really soon. It's already here. Partially, how do you, you know, hone your skill and be able to learn it fast, such that it position yourself ready for your next job. I think having that mentality, that sense of curiosity, are some of the some of the top tips that I that I have. Happy to pass the mic around if other folks have. Well, Shivi, thank you so much. I just want to quickly put a bow on the the getting into product management. We have everybody on stage has had a huge role. So Felix and Diego helped the product management center here at the University of Washington create an accelerator program that's intended to give people the knowledge, connections, and support to break into product management. And then Shivi's also done a lot of great learning modules on LinkedIn that you could find and go through her video library and learn a lot about what tools it takes and what to get into product management. And then Diego also has a thing. I'll just let you plug it real quick, Diego. And then Red, you've got to keep this stage moving fast because we have four minutes for it. But uh, Diego, I do want to give you a chance to share quickly what, what you do for people breaking in. Yeah, thank you so much, Jeffrey. So super quick, I think, breaking into PM, it's uh, practicing product management for your interviews, but also are you creating products? Are you thinking about creating products, right? So super pl- super quick plugging, like Jeffrey mentioned. So I-, I focus a lot on helping people to break into PM, especially the interview phase. So check out my website, pmdiego.com. I've been helping this initiative from, from Jeffrey, I think, since the beginning, and it's been an awesome ride. So thank you for that. But I'll shut up. Right, let's get to the last question or next question. Yeah, rather. pmdiego.com. And then Felix, will get your plug in there too. I just, because I know you're doing some great things for people who are currently product managers. Red, I'm burning out the clock that I'm telling you you've got to work with. Make it happen, man. Well, I love this. And I'll tell you why. If you know we've had 100 episodes, then you know next week you can come back and ask a question if you didn't have a chance to ask it this week. So you know we're going to be there. And this is also motivation, Jeff, for people to raise their hands sooner. So I just think we're creating uh, value in the market. You know what I mean? We're just creating commodity of questions. Yeah. And so on that note, Red, I guess I have to point out a plug too. If they want to see the next opportunities we have to help you break into product management or advance your product management career, if you haven't yet, follow the Product Management Center at UW. That's the Product Management Center at UW on LinkedIn. That's our first place where we post uh, new programs that support people advancing in their career and post the new events. But Red, that's another 30 seconds I just took of you. Go, go, go. So here, here's, here's what's about to happen. We're going to ask one question. And Andrew, I think you were here for maybe the first time we've ever done this, where it's a 30-second to 30-second fire-around opportunity for you to answer a question because you're next up on the list. And then I think going to closing thoughts will be the most appropriate way because we got a lot of value on this stage. We want to be able to close out strong before everybody heads back to work for the day. So Sonal, you're sitting there patiently, outdoors, blue skies behind you. You got 30 seconds to ask your question, and then Andrew will have 30 seconds to answer, and hopefully we'll change lives, save lives today on this show. Thank you. So now the stage is yours. Yeah. Thank you so much, Red. Uh, and thank you for hosting this amazing live session. And my question is to Shaivi. Uh, she said that she could have uh, done something differently uh, in her earlier career when she mentioned that um, how to build the relationship with your mentors, colleagues, and your present colleagues. Um, uh, your old mentors and everyone. So I am struggling really hard to maintain and build that relationship. So please help me and guide how to do that. Amidst the college pressure, exam and everything, it's really hard to maintain that. So this throws us for a loop because I said, Andrew, a 30 seconds answer. Here's what's going to happen. 
Shivi, oh. you can answer this one, but Andrew, I love you, buddy. It seems like she wants to talk to Shivi, so. Okay, I'll also have a hard stop, you know, at one, so I'll quickly share my perspective. So I think there's two things. One, by maintaining, I'm going to actually split that into two phases. First is how do you get mentors and sponsors? And then second is how do you actually maintain or slash re- like continue to build in that relationship? Let's start with the first, because it sounded like your problem is probably more the first. Like, how do I even find people to mentor me? I think there's a science and arts to it, right? Like a lot of times uh, when you reach out to people and say, hey, I need your mentorship. Nine out of 10 times, I actually say no, because, hey, I just really don't have the time. And it sounded like, you know, a lot of times when people approach, I also feel like they don't know how to approach. So it sounded very much like, you know, they they asking you pure from the ask, like a take, give or take perspective, right? Like, I don't feel like there's a sense of give. There's a lot of sense of take. So I think number one advice is just being really thoughtful in your outreach, right? Understanding why the certain person is a good mentor to you. What question do you have for them? And instead of asking, can you mentor me? Why don't you just directly ask why, share what you're struggling with and let them respond to you, how they can help. Maybe they have 30 minutes to spare with you. Maybe they just record a voice message for five minutes. That's a form of help too. Like you should be thoughtful in your approach, like highlighting where you need help, why you think the other person can be helpful to you, and then offer a a bunch of choices of how they want to engage versus 15-minute call is usually what I get the most. I mean, if I have that time, I would spend 30 minutes with you, right? So giving them a variety thinking them, approaching them from a human perspective. Mentors are really, really busy too. So I would say that's the first advice and the most important one. And I see 80, 90% of people get wrong on that stage, that step. I think once you sort of secure that mentorship, the next phase is really about how you keep showing up. You follow through their advice, you keep them updated. So many times, 90% of people I talk to, I feel like come to me once and then never really circle back again, right? Like, have you done the advice or the things that we brainstormed together? Did you see improvement? Was it working? Was it not? Like the follow through, I think actually give mentors, you know, a lot of confidence in you. I also think that you don't need to just find one or two mentors. You can find a lot of mentors to get a lot of different perspective in various ways, how you engage with them. It could be text messages on LinkedIn, you know, audio messages or long-term, you know, relationships. So just kind of be flexible on that and be creative and resourceful in finding mentors. Thank you, Shivi. I know you have to run. It's so good to see you. Appreciate all your time and insight that you shared today. And I want to do round robin closing thoughts. Felix, you're up first. Uh, What do you want to leave the audience with as we discussed Advance Your PM Career? Absolutely. I first want to say thank you so much to you all uh, for having me and congrats on 100th episode. The last thought I'd leave everyone with is think hard about pattern matching. And what I mean by that is whatever it is you're trying to do, odds are you're not the first one to do it. So practice your ability to find people that have been in a similar place as you and have gone to places you want to go and practice your ability to connect with those people and and learn from them, right? That's the number one thing that's going to help you, you know, sort of have those shortcuts, avoid common mistakes and and get where you want to be. So, you know, practice finding, observing and connecting with people who've done exactly what you're trying to do. 
and um, you'll find your way. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find my community, Product Management Mastermind, where you can connect with other PMs here on LinkedIn. So uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing you from you all and good luck advancing your PM career. All right, Felix, it's been a pleasure building so many wonderful things here at the Product Management Center with you and honor to have you here on our 100th episode. Thanks for such great advice. Diego, same for you, man. It's been awesome building something special here with you. I want to give you a chance for concluding thoughts. What do you want to leave the audience with as they try to advance in their PM career? Thank you. Yeah. So for anybody who's trying to, you know, pivot into the world of AI or pivot into a new role or grow your career, right now we hear all the time and you see everywhere, even in this stage, uh, somebody mentioned like, hey, the market conditions, the market conditions. And we love to rephrase that, right? And we've seen it, especially in the past year. And most people get the idea of like, oh, when I'm able to pivot, I'll be able to grow, I'll be able to do these things. There's absolutely nothing stopping you from doing things that are in your control. Like if you're interested in AI and you're a PM or whether you're not a PM yet, but if you're a PM or um, what's stopping you from actually learning about AI and going out there and solving a real problem outside of your job or even within your job with the power of AI, nothing stops you from that. Your resume alone, your connections alone, uh, LinkedIn jobs board alone is not going to get you to that next level that you want to to get to. It's about uh, putting the effort, the time, the energy into if you're going for your first PM role, acting like a PM, solving uh, problems like a PM, creating products, that's going to be a a hell of a story when you talk to recruiters. And if you want to pivot something like AI, showing that you understand AI beyond uh, prompting ChatGPT, you know, use it on your day-to-day and show that you can understand these new technologies and uh, show the trend. Jeffrey, thank you so much for bringing me along uh, in this incredible journey. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Just like Felix, you can find me on LinkedIn, pmdiego.com, YouTube, and so thank you. All right. Thank you, Diego. Thank you, Felix. And I don't know if Sumeya and Andrew have time, but I'd love to hear it if you wanted to leave the audience with anything. What are your concluding thoughts for them as we finished our 100th episode here? I'll go since uh, Andrew <laughs> took the, the last one. It's always an honor to share the stage with so many great PMs and who give so much of their time. So thank you, Jeff, for bringing us all together again. I think that we haven't mentioned this before, but this is an analogy that has come up again and again. I think PMs managing their career as they do their product, especially if they were to put their mindset around a product that has a long sales cycle, uh, is one of the ways that allows them to look at it with a you know, with an approach of how do I grow it? How do I methodize? Uh, you know, very uh, thoughtfully with, you know, consideration of opportunities and challenges and basically doing a SWOT analysis around their own careers and understanding what what challenges become opportunities for them specifically. Those are all things that we think about for our products, but we can also apply to our own careers. And I've seen a lot of good PMs do that. It also gives you an opportunity to hone more of your PM skills. So just a little technique. Hopefully more people are doing that already. All right. Thank you, Sumeya. 100 episodes. So grateful for your commitment to a better future and supporting uh, everybody around you. Andrew, this all wouldn't have been possible without you introducing Red and I to Sumeya oh, two years ago or so. So grateful for that. Uh, about 30 seconds. Any bite-sized, one last takeaway you want to leave the audience with as they try to advance their career? Yep, always, always be learning, always be teaching. Uh, you're always doing things that's uh, it's going to compound. And we talked about uh, mentorship a little while ago. It's a two-way relationship. And what you learn is also what you'll teach others and fortify your own learnings. And you'll quickly understand how much you 
well, how much you know and how, how big the gap is and how to close it. And then in turn, you're going to teach your mentors things. And then that's really what's going to lead you into the path into products and to maturity of a product leader and wherever you want to take yourself from there as you gain self-awareness on where you want to roadmap yourself to the advice that Samia just had. So always be learning, always be teaching. Congrats on 100. Love it, Andrew. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Felix. Thank you, Samea. And of course, Red, Diego, and Shivi. What a wonderful way to close out 100 episodes. Picking up on Andrew's final wisdom, I do want to say it's a little too early for me to announce this, but he's inspired me. We are starting a brand new program at the Product Management Center exclusively for product managers who want to get help from product executives on the problems that are facing them today. So it connects to that mentorship piece. So being able to connect with uh, product executives on our executives and residents residents, also to learn and to uh, help others as they learn. So if you want to learn more about that and how you could both lift as you climb, it's a fantastic community that we're building now and we'll announce on the Product Management Center at UW. Our LinkedIn account will be announcing that uh, within the next couple of weeks. So follow us on LinkedIn and then give back and build that better future together. Thank you, everybody, and take care. <laughs>